one in the afternoon? Are you kidding me? Take a fucking multivitamin. This is great because I'm not going to have to edit the cold open at all. We're just going to go with that. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Mid-Major Madness podcast. My name is Russ Steinberg. I'm joined by my co-editors, Cam Newton and Chris Schutte. We are about 10 days from the start of the college basketball season. The AP and coaches polls are out. We are unveiling the other top 25 we have the uh, top six teams left. We're going to get you our preseason All-Americans and all that fun stuff next week as well. So we're really closing in um, on the start of the season, which means we are back and podcasting again. We've all um, gotten summer out of our systems, I think. So let's start with uh, the preseason polls. They came out last week. Um, I think the first thing you just kind of want to ask generally is how much stock do you put in a preseason poll? How much effort do you think these voters, particularly uh, the coaches actually go through to do this? They're spending the summer really just thinking about their own teams and not so much, you know, who else is going to be really good around them. Are these polls we should put a lot of stock into uh, Michigan state, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke are the top four in both of them, which I think is pretty universally accepted um, as they are the four best teams in the country. But it's kind of some other weird things in here that I want to touch on. Is this something we should be thinking a lot about at this point? I mean, if you're looking to drive the narratives through the first you know, couple of weeks of the season, yeah, it's great. Like having the top four teams on opening night in Madison Square Garden, like, yeah, that's awesome. But I mean, if you're, you're I think they need to be taken with a grain of salt, especially early in the season, because no one actually knows you're relying on speculation of how teams might have improved in the off season. If they're bringing, you know, a bunch of guys back or if, you know, a bunch of young players made the leap. So it's fun to look at them when they come out, just because everybody is like so starred for something to talk about and something to get mad about. But I think by like the first week or two, I think everybody should pretty much just forget about the preseason polls and actually just start looking and making their opinions based on, you know, what's actually happening on the court. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things about this is how like in the first week or two of the season, you get, you know, one or two huge upsets, uh, particularly when the, uh, the tournaments start. And then you get a couple of teams that were off of everyone's radar that just appear in the top 20 all right. of a sudden for no reason. And then they come back down to earth and fall out entirely. And we never hear from them again. Like that, that's going to happen. So who's going to be the the top ten team that craps the bed the first? I, personally, I think it's going to be Maryland. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I I just don't know if I entirely see it with them. Like Anthony Cowan's great, Jalen Smith is great, but I mean, I I struggle to th- like think that they're going to be as good as everyone says they're going to be, and maybe that's just me not being as high on like Mark Turgeon as other people are, <laughs> I mean, which I can't that's say fair. a huge hot take, but I, I don't know. I, I think it would be funny if Maryland. Now looking at the teams that we cover, I, I don't think it's any surprise that Gonzaga um, is ranked in the top 10. Um, I think that might be a little high for them if we're being honest. I mean, 
Killian Tilly stays healthy, uh, sure, maybe. Uh, they're relying on a lot of new pieces. Uh, I think their ceiling is a top 10 team. I don't know if I would have them there to start, but, you know, that's fine. Um, also, we have Utah State, and the AP poll comes in at 17, number 19 in the coaches' poll. St. Mary's is 20 in both polls. VCU, number 25 in the AP poll, and the first one out of the coaches' poll. What do you guys make of that? Wait, did I? I, I don't know how much I missed because I just got kicked there. Yeah. Um, oh, you're back. But I heard I heard Chris say something, and I didn't get a chance to answer because I was my internet was messed up. But uh, I thought was what was really funny was seeing Memphis all the way at 14. Because how many years do we see like the team with the number one recruiting class going into the year ranked like that low by those standards? Um, a lot of question marks, obviously, with how a lot of those pieces are going to be put together by Hardaway. Um, but I just thought it was real, real funny to see the team with the best recruiting class in the country not, not even be a top 10 squad. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation because also Memphis – was an NIT team last year. So like, it's not like they went, you know, from top 10, top 15 to bringing in the top recruiting class. And now, you know, that makes them a clear top three or four team at all. Um, So that's weird. And I think there are, uh, there's a significant group of people. I think that have questions about uh, the impact that James Wiseman is going to have. Um, in college, I think he's undeniably an amazing talent. I don't know if everyone is convinced that it's going to translate right away to a bunch of monster performances, but, but we'll see. I, th- I think Memphis has as much talent as anybody in the country. Yeah, I've been kind of surprised at just how like split people are on him. Like I've, I've seen people like NBA draft experts or whatever they call themselves. They're like, oh my God, this guy's like the next great NBA big man. He's got like so much skill and he's going to be such a dominant force in, in college. And I've got, I've seen like other people that are like, yeah, I'm not even sure if like this guy's going to be Memphis's best player. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that out of a, a number one, like overall recruit. Who? Well, I would go, I would go try to look, but the last time I tried to open rivals, it crashed my whole internet now. So I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> Who do people think is going to be Memphis's best player? I've seen, oh God, I see. I don't even pay attention to Memphis. I, I've seen people say, uh, yeah, why would uh, you? DJ Jeffries, like a couple of their, their freshmen, okay. um, precious. Yeah. I've seen a, a couple of times. Um, those, those are the other two, but I, I've seen right. just a couple of people and I, I don't know them off the, the top of my head. Um, they just aren't quite sold on, on the hype and think he might be more of a project. Yeah. Yeah, I think 14 or 15, uh, depending on which poll you're looking at, is probably just like a decent placeholder yeah. for them for right now. Mm-hmm. Get a few games under their belt and we'll see. Um, we want to talk about the teams that we actually cover. Um, I I ran through it a minute ago. I'll just say it again real quick. Gonzaga, eight in the AP poll, seven in the coaches poll. Uh, Utah, I, I think it is too. I I, th- I think you were off when I, when I said it, but they're relying on a lot of new pieces. They're relying on, you know, a guy who hasn't exactly had the best track record health wise. Um, but I, I think that's like their ceiling and that's where they're being mm-hmm. placed right away, which, you know, fine. Um, Utah state 17 
and 19 in the AP and coaches poll. St. Mary's 20 in each. Uh, VCU number 25 and the first team out of the coaches poll. So what do you guys make of that? Yeah, I think um, because I I just said that, you know, I think Gonzaga is way too high. I thought St. Mary's was a little too low for my taste. Um, I thought they were going to get a little a little bit uh, more boost coming into this year. I love Jordan Ford. Absolutely in love with Jordan Ford. Um, but, I, but I think the thing that makes me so attracted to St. Mary's the most is that they have so many talented players, but their their style of play is so unique to them. Um, and, and, and the way that they're coached allows them to really make any team bend to that style of play. We saw it last year with Gonzaga. Uh, I, I think that this is probably like going to be the best year that they've ever had. Go ahead and put me down for that. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable uh, take to have. Um, they have, you know, like you said, a, a unique style. By the way, uh, St. Mary's is projected by Ken Pomp to win every single game on their schedule until the last game of the regular season at Gonzaga. Mm. That's They are projected to win their first wow. 29 games. Although I think <laughs> they're in an MTE, so like that doesn't include the other games that they play on there. But still, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Pretty like good teams on their schedule, don't they've got a couple neutrals? I think uh, I don't have it in front. The neutral against Wisconsin, and I think neutral against Dayton. Yep they uh, they open the season against Wisconsin on a neutral court. Uh, they play Utah State at home, Dayton on a neutral, uh, Arizona State on technically a neutral Nevada on a neutral. That's a good schedule. I mean, it only took Randy Bennett 30 years to realize he has to do that. (laughs) You know, he got there and I think St. Mary's going to be better for it. I guess they really learned their lesson from like two years ago. Yeah. When when they were like 24 and six and didn't make it or whatever, whatever the record was. They they were better than that. I thought Yeah, maybe they were like, they were 30, uh, no, it's they selection Sunday. They have like twenty-eight wins. They were twenty-nine and or sorry, twenty-seven and six on selection Sunday. Twenty-eight and five. Are we looking at the same year? Oh yeah, we are. I'm just I don't do math very well. You're yeah, right. Twenty-eight and five. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Uh, St. Mary's. Um, the I think VCU is a little underrated here, but I'm not too upset about it. They bring back. I think they're top six players from last year. NCAA tournament team, I think they're an eight or a nine seed. Uh, They have um, maybe two of the best five players in the Atlantic 10, and that's probably being conservative about it in Evans and Jenkins. Um, That's that's a really good team. They got a game against the team, against number 22 LSU at home coming up too. The The Will Wade matchup. I, I actually, I the think Coward's I would Bowl. switch VCU and Utah State. I think that's my only real gripe with um, where our teams are ranked. I, wow. I, I, Some Sam no, Merrill I, disrespect. I love Sam Merrill. I actually picked him as my preseason player of the year for our awards. So spoiler alert, but I, I had VCU, I think, <laughs> second in my preseason ranking. So I, I think 25 is a little bit low for them. I think they're going to be really, really good. Dude, I don't even remember who I picked for that. That was like months ago. <laughs> I I agree that it's a little low. I don't have as big a problem with that as I have with Davidson not being ranked at all. 
And with Davidson being the one, two, three, four, five, sixth team out of the AP poll, I think that's ridiculous. Um, I don't remember what my top 25 uh, ballot for our site looked like, but I think it's reasonable to even project Davidson to be better than VCU. Uh, what They bring back all five starters. I think what might hurt them in terms of projections is that Kellen Grady was a little inconsistent, underperformed last year. But him and Good- Goodmanson coming back as the core of that team, uh, led by probably the best coach uh, or maybe one of the best three coaches in the mid-major world, Bob McKillop. Um, I I think it's pretty surprising that they didn't even crack the top 25 in the AP or the coaches poll. I was happy to see Harvard get some respect, though. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, Har- Harvard bringing back now a, a healthy Aiken uh, and Towns together. They both missed significant time, um, I, I think, is a big help. I haven't heard. They scrimmaged UConn yesterday. I haven't heard how that went, but I'm very curious about that. They probably obliterated the Huskies. They very well might have. I don't know. I'm always just hesitant with Harvard because, like you said, with the injury stuff. But I don't know. It was just nice. It was just nice to see them get get how some of those Colgate? votes. The fine. <laughs> yes, the Feinstein. You got vote. the Feinstein why, why vote. Yeah, I mean Colgate's going to be really good, but that's I, that's such a interesting pick. <laughs> it's the Sensodyne sucks, dude. <laughs> that's a, you know what though. I I'm almost done with my tube of Sensodyne, and it my uh, tooth sensitivity is gone completely. So you can just bite ice cream. I just... could bite ice cream. <laughs> Chomp it. Yeah. So Colgate, I don't need you. And you should not be getting a top 25 vote because my Sensodyne is awesome. Oh, but the Patriot League is just a stinker. Yeah, so Patriot League Yeah, I'd, there's maybe probably a dozen other mid-major teams that weren't getting other votes in this poll that I would have given that vote to over Colgate. <laughs> but, yeah. Fine. The, the fun thing about that is that it's going to be a different school after the first week anyway, because that's just how Feinstein does this. Uh, Colgate, let's see, 24 and 11 last year, uh, bringing four starters back, went to the NCAA tournament. Probably, I, I don't want to speak too soon. Are they the favorite in the Patriot or is that going to, yeah. I mean, they have to be. Yeah, they, like, there's are. no other, like, Bucknell's not good anymore. Bucknell um, probably the second best team in that league but yeah i mean they that's a power dap though yeah uh, yeah probably whatever i'll allow it well kentucky got sustina so that's that's what i'm basing this on oh okay yeah that makes sense uh, have you seen him he's shredded now no oh they they put him to work this summer <laughs> nate sustina he was he was big right um, but they just made him a muscular man. <laughs> see your new Kentucky man crush. Um, let's see. Absolutely, he's number. Like he replaced Hero. <laughs> uh, see, I thought Hero was going to get to be in my crush for like three years at least, but then he ended up just being really good. And so now it's got to be Sestina. My biggest gripe is that Kentucky made him do that in like one summer. And I only lost like a little bit. Well, I lost a good amount of weight while I was at Kentucky. But Were they you didn't on make a me shred. College basketball weightlifting and, um, regimen and diet. No, but I had stats class with some of the, the basketball players. 
yeah. getting the mental workout in. Oh, that's that's right. Thing. Isaac Humphreys, he used to answer questions, dude. That was that was for the wildest things. Anyway, <laughs> let's remember some big Kentucky him. white guys. I'll go first. Josh Harrelson. Josh Harrelson. <laughs> All right, I'm out. I don't have any other any other names. Lucas Orbzu. Anyone remember Orbzu? Sure don't. No. Oh, he was like, I think early 2000s. Um, oh, God, where was he from? He was from someplace um, that was, I don't think, here. This is what the mid-major madness fans turn into. <laughs> move on, move on. I'll get back to this. I'll get back to this. Is, is our All new right. bit going to be saying that Kentucky's a mid-major? No. No, you're thinking of Indiana. <laughs> I saw this come out the other day. Um, real quick, Darren Ravel tweeted out some college basketball win totals. Indiana's <laughs> is, is 17 and a half. There's, you want me to run down the mid-majors on the list? Please yes. do. Gonzaga has the highest uh, over-under in college basketball at 27 and a half. Um, Reasonable. I think they've hit that like eight or nine years in a row. Yep. Nobody else is on there until we get to uh, Penn Quakers at 16 and a half for some reason. <laughs> um, then we have to go I down mean, to sure. LaSalle at 14 and a half. What? Drexel at 14 and then St. Joe's at 12. So I This is a real Philly-centric list. Yeah, I, wow. I just thought that was kind of funny that like, if you want to get some action on the Drexel over then by all means go for it lucas orbs yeah 2003 to 2000 2007 and uh he's oh he's he's polish that's right oh well i i am so sad to see the saint joe's what's gonna happen to them it's it's gonna suck big time do we think Penn's gonna win the uh win the big five again i'm talking about that they could i mean they they could. I mean, it'll probably be Villanova, if we're being honest. Like, that's where any I smart mean, person would put their money. But Penn could. Keep, keeping it in the mid-majors, I like that. Yeah. Stick to the roots. <laughs> no, I mean, Villanova's got to be the favorite there. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, if Penn knocks them off again, then they probably will, because Penn's not going to lose to any of those other teams. That's true. Right, they need Joe's. to put Drexel in. Drexel's not a big five school. They need to put him in. That's what I'm That's saying. That's a city six. That's not a thing. I mean, it is yeah, a thing, right. it's but a it's, thing. it's, 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 it's like the powers. It's like the American people trying to do the power six stuff. Yeah. It's, Absolutely it's, not. I, I'm not nearly as familiar with Philadelphia basketball as like Josh Verlin is. So Josh, if you're listening, you could correct me, but city six sounds a lot like something that, uh, the Drexel athletic department made up. <laughs> They paid like a bunch of like kids around uh, Philadelphia to start talking about it and stuff. Yeah, like that Nathan for You episode. <laughs> Anybody watch Nathan for You? <laughs> okay. What else were we gonna talk about before we got derailed by whatever <laughs> uh, we got derailed by? You're welcome. Do we want to talk about this list that Jeff Goodman put out yes. on yes. college basketball coaches on the rise? That moron. <laughs> okay, let's be nice. <laughs> Jeff Goodman of Stadium Sports published 20 Coaches on the Rise uh, yesterday. So if you're listening to this, it would be like a week ago because who knows when I'm going to edit this. Um, 
And basically, he just listed like the 20 coaches of the good mid major teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, it, so it's good that he... the, there are like legitimate answers on here, like Craig Smith, yes, from Utah State. Uh, Wes Miller from Greensboro, sure. Ryan Odom is going to be on this list forever, no matter what, because they beat Virginia. Um, I don't understand putting Thunder Dan on here. No disrespect to him because I don't think he's act, you know, exactly an up and coming basketball coach. I think we know what he is at this point. Um, lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Steve Forbes from East Tennessee state, I guess the, the same thing there. Um, any coaches that you think should have been on this list that were not? I missed. Did you? Well, no, because he pointed out every freaking coach possible. But mm-hmm. um, did you say Baker Dunleavy already? Did you mention that that was bad? Um, I did not, but Baker Dunleavy is on there from Quinnipiac. That's like the most questionable one. Like, he's just young. Yeah, college basketball media loves Baker Dunleavy, though, because he was on staff at Villanova. He's also extremely handsome. Well, that could be part of it, too. That's okay. <laughs> Um, I'd have to look through this. I don't know. I mean, he didn't list like every good SoCon coach. So Bob Ritchie, you want to throw Bob Ritchie in there? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is, want to throw Nico yeah, I mean, this is the same list that gets trot out every year. You maybe take a guy or two out and slot a new one in. Right. I mean, it's probably easy to update. It. Just go in and change the record and age and, <laughs> <laughs> But as some of these guys, I feel like if they were gonna get like a job, I feel like it kind of would have happened by now. Like, like John Becker is obviously like one of the best guys around, and he's been killing it at Vermont. But it it kind of seems like I'm not exactly sure if I would call him a coach on the rise anymore. I, like I feel like we kind of know what he is. I mean, that's what I, yeah, I think felt Becker like. has arrived. That's what I kind of felt like about like Mike Young, though, from Wofford, who is just now like getting mm-hmm. a bigger job. Like he was, an, he's been an established name at Wofford forever, and it took last year for him to finally, you know, make that leap. Because I, I guess part of it was like his calculus, realizing like this is the best it's ever going to get. This is my opportunity. Yeah, he's got, and perhaps he's got James Jones on here, who's been coaching for twenty seasons, like. That's one that I'm surprised is still yeah. where he is. Because you know he's had opportunities. Uh, we've talked to Becker in the past, and he's really happy uh, at Vermont. And not that he would never leave, but I think it would take the right opportunity, and I'm not sure that's come up. I think if um, if UConn had whiffed on Dan Hurley, I think Becker would have been a reasonable time. <laughs> option. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that obviously didn't happen. I don't know if there are any like regional schools that would be attractive enough for Becker to leave right now. Uh, if those jobs were to open up, like he's not going to Boston College. Like Providence isn't ever going to be uh, like Cooley's pretty much there unless he manages to get a bigger job. Wasn't he in the the mix for a yeah. Michigan job, right? He was, but I don't know if he was seriously going to actually make that move. I mean, obviously, if he was offered, he yeah. would have taken it because he's not stupid. But I, I I, don't know if he was ever really a candidate for that. And honestly, Cooley could be at Providence until he dies. Like, that, 
I don't see him leaving unless it's a really great opportunity, which could happen. Well, like, but give it some time too, because like know. in three years, Mike Anderson will be gone. <laughs> like, like that was easily like the stupidest like hire I thought of like the off season, especially because like. Oh, I disagree. I, my thing but... is like Tim Clewis was right there, <laughs> and they didn't get him. And I, I just didn't think Anderson was a good hire. So I think Becker would probably be good for that when it inevitably reopens up. Yeah, the the big knock against Anderson, though, is that he doesn't have the recruiting ties to the New York area. Does Becker? Mm, I don't know. The whole Northeast just blends together. His pipeline is Southern Indiana. They, they always have like two or three guys from like Evansville on the team. All right. So once Archie's done. <laughs> now we're talking. Let's, uh, let's get into it. No, who's... Oh, Porter Moser was also one who came up for that St. Mm. John's. Show. Porter is on the list, uh, on Goodman's list as well, which yeah. which and I think is funny for a lot of reasons. another one of those guys like, okay, he's he's here and he's going to be in the mix for like every job. That comes <laughs> he out, he seems like the guy that was on the list after Loyola's Final Four run and like Goodman forgot to delete him. <laughs> and, th- and that's no disrespect. Like he's done it. Obviously, he brought Loyola to the Final Four. That's awesome. Um but he didn't exactly have a good track record before then. No, I mean, I mean that's the thing with like these coaches. All is you need is one break. And... Yeah, I'm looking at Andy Anfield. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Well, like Lavelle Moten, who has been on here, it feels like forever. And he basically says like he is extremely. Uh, you know what, though? I got like, from listening is. to him at the uh, at the tournament last year in Dayton. It sounds like he would move if the if the right opportunity came along. Oh, I one hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. What's the right school you think for him? Uh, it's got to be something in that area, right? Yeah. If say, let's see, I could. If East Carolina, what if East Carolina, East Carolina brings up this crazy uh, bag? If <laughs> how about when Bob McKillop retires? If Davidson wants him, I think he goes for that. That would be interesting. Hmm. Would he have been good at like Charlotte? Even though I was going like to say Charlotte, but given that Charlotte's no longer in the A10, I don't know if that's an attractive enough job for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Charlotte would be stupid to not, you know, kick the tires on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think any any school in that yeah. area should like. I said, I said East Carolina. If East Carolina just threw an insane amount of money at him, uh, yeah. Question is, where are they getting that money? Exactly, like that's what I'm saying. Like I, they I hit the lottery. One. I don't know. Okay. What about Wake Forest? Ooh, Wake Forest is a good one because they're probably oh, going to yeah. be looking for a coach after that this will season. be open. I want to go on the record right now and say that Lavelle Moton will be coaching Wake Forest next year. All right. I just want to. Let's put that. <laughs> we'll tweet that. <laughs> if out. it doesn't happen, well. nobody bring it up to me. But when it does, I want to be the first one credited. That's how these All things right. work. <laughs> That that is exactly how it works. I love Lavelle Moton. He's fantastic. He's awesome. He's he's really good. Um, any other coach notes? Um, I'm trying to think who else he has. On here. all these guys are good coaches. Like, there's oh, no yeah. denying that. It, 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 the, well, it's a, most of the coaches I think <laughs> are good coaches, but I think that. 
part that we're ragging on is just calling them coaches on the rise and yeah which i mean it they they have risen but of course (laughs) you know our perspective is kind of tainted because we cover these guys every day of the year whereas you know the real national media does not right yeah we know who west miller is guys that's right we know him should i i do a quote where i say that uh Wes Miller is going to be the Wake Forest coach because that's what Goodman has like right here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you can you back edit back edit the podcast once the once one of them becomes official? So I'm, I turn out to be right. Goodman stole it from us. He was listening to the podcast, and that, that's really the important thing here is that I just want to do whatever it takes to be right online. That's all I care about. That's that's the right <laughs> attitude. Uh, any other notes about this list? No, it's fine. Right. I can't right. think of any more. Um, wanted to move real quick to the America East because I spent 90 minutes on a conference call with America East coaches this week. <laughs> and by God, I'm going to give you some notes from it because otherwise, why was I on there? Um, most Richard Barron's cool. I'm sure. I'm sure you like the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, he did, and I, I got to ask him a question, and he answered. So, you know, that that's what happens on these. <laughs> conference calls do be like that sometimes, though. They do be like that. I've never been on a conference call. I don't know what that is. Well, this is a conference yeah. call. Actually. You haven't been on a real it. conference call, though. Yeah, we don't have hold music on here. <laughs> Wait until you hit corporate America, Cam. <laughs> I'll never sell out. I won't. You're going to be writing for Mid-Major Madness till the day you die. <laughs> this will be my only source of income forever. Put put the like homepage like uh URL on your on your uh headstone. <laughs> oh, the, the IG handle. <laughs> it's just a link like the uh they've etched in the tombstone. Like the cover page for the, um, the Star Wars thing. <laughs> it's just like laser etched on there. Anyway. <laughs> um, most notable team from the America East, obviously, is Vermont. We talked about them this week on the site. I think we had them at number seven in our rankings. Uh, definitely a team that could even creep into the top 25. They have one of the best players in the country in Anthony Lamb. Lamb, a guy who can play the three or the four. Becker did say on the call that he was probably going to play Lamb a little bit more on the wing this year. And, you know, I, I talked to Becker for the podcast early on in the offseason, and we actually recorded that call the day that Daniel Giddens committed. He was the grad transfer from Alabama, the center. And because nothing was official yet, we couldn't really talk about it. But, you know, he, he kind of had like a few like nudge, nudge, wink, wink lines of like, we just need a center. We need a guy in the middle and that will give us really a complete team. And they got that with Giddens. And so because Becker was able to talk about him now, I was actually able to ask him about what he got in this guy. He's someone who played sparingly at Alabama, someone who... Becker says has made a lot of progress this summer. The biggest difficulty with him seemed to be his conditioning, 
which has apparently gotten a lot better, continues to get better. Uh, Becker anticipates that Giddens will be a contributor on both ends, a really good shot blocker. He can run the court really well for his size. He can finish above the rim. Uh, If that's a piece that Vermont has to go with what they bring back already, not just, um, pardon me, not just in Lamb, but, you know, in guys like Steph Smith, uh, Everett Duncan, he's the Duncan that didn't graduate. Um, it's, it's, it's a complete team. It's a really good team. It's one that should roll through the America East. Um, it's a league that isn't terrible by any stretch. I think Albany and Stony Brook are both going to be pretty good this year. Um, but it's not one that's going to give Vermont any challenges. I don't think. And I think barring a pretty big upset, they should be in the NCAA tournament again and could even be better than the 13 seed that they got uh, this past season. Was uh, Giddens at Ohio State before Arkansas? Is that the same guy? Um, I think it was Ohio State. That's why he was a grad transfer. I think he was a guy that was in like Thad Mata's last uh, last class. (laughs) Noted Indianapolis resident Thad Mata. So yeah, he he did start uh, 2016. He played for Ohio State. Okay. Yeah, I knew that name. Yeah, familiar. had a few good games in here, but uh, definitely didn't really catch on, and then didn't battle the injuries um, at Alabama, so he was never really able to find his groove. And now seems like he's in a good position to contribute uh, for a Vermont team that's probably going to be the best team he's played on, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably not a yeah. stretch. <laughs> I mean, the, this Vermont team kind of has like everything you want out of like a top tier mid-major. You've got a star slash NBA prospect in Lamb. You've got experienced role players like Smith and Duncan and then like a a, pow- a talented like power five transfer type guy in, in Giddens. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a confident, confident head, coach. head coach. Yeah, that helps. Uh, it's going to be business as usual for Vermont. Yeah, I I also did want to quickly touch on Albany. Um, They struggled a lot last year, kind of picked it up down the stretch. They were mostly freshmen last year, so this year they're mostly sophomores. And uh, I think they have like eight newcomers as well, so they're going to be really young again. Uh, But at times they were starting five freshmen last year, and they still managed to go seven and nine in the league, which given uh, the way they started, I think is pretty – um, pretty solid. Will Brown is really excited uh, for this team that he brings back this year. He's another coach that has accomplished a ton at his level. He's been there for about 20 years now. A couple of guys to keep an eye on that maybe you haven't, or maybe America East fans haven't um, thought about as much as they should. One of them is Malachi D'Souza, who Will Brown is really excited about. He barely played for say the first three quarters of last year, then came on strong at the end, had 15 points uh, in their final game, a loss to UMBC in the conference tournament. Uh, Will Brown expects him to make a really big jump this year. That's going to be an interesting team. I think the second best team in the conference, but of course the huge gap uh, before Vermont. Cool. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I didn't expect anyone to have anything else to say about Albany. Just thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, but yeah, I don't know anything about them. Cam, I do know a school that you do know something about. Maine and well, yeah, Maine. I was gonna let you talk about South Alabama, though. Oh yeah, I was gonna like write something about them, but you know, law school and everything um, gets in the sure. way. So weird flex, but okay. <laughs> it is yeah. not a flex. I'm flexing on my crippling anxiety and depression. If anything else, um, <laughs> all you should be jealous as hell. Uh, anyway, as you know, the Sun Belt in recent years, it, is, it was just, it was Ron Hunter's league. He, he owned it. it. It belonged to him. And, um, you know, Georgia State was, they made it to the NCAA tournament, I think the past two years. But, you know, he's gone now. Somebody's got to fill in. Somebody's got somebody's got to step up and take that role. And I think South Alabama is going to be it this year. Um, I think that they're going to have a field day in this league, um, mostly because you know they do return some pretty good starters, but they have three count them three really important transfers coming in this year. Um, one of whom is Don Coleman, who did sit out last year, of course, um, but he played for Cal before coming here. And he was their leading scorer um, two years ago when he was at Cal. And uh, they're adding him. I'm trying to think. Uh, Andre Fox is another big guy. Um, another fantastic scorer. Played at High Point. And uh, the third one is Josh Aini, who he played at St. Bonaventure, I believe. Um, obviously not as good as the other two names. Um, but still a lot better. And then there's Chad Lott. So now that I think about it, there's four transfers. Um, Chad Lott played at Howard. So they've got three three guys coming in as transfers who scored over 14 points per game at their previous schools, um, one of whom was a Power 5 talent-level player who was able to lead. Well, Cal is, I guess, as like low of a Power 5 school as it gets. Technically, Power 5. <laughs> yeah. Power five yeah, I'll, cool. I'll, I'll walk that back a little bit. Um, but the- Extremely exaggerated wink. <laughs> <laughs> but this team has six seniors on it now because they still adding to the mix there. They still have two guys, Josh Ajayi and um, Trey Mitchell, who are both um, talented scorers. Trey Mitchell himself is good at basically everything. Um, fantastic rebounder. He's a good passer. Um, does does it all on the defensive side. Um, he could potentially be the Sun Belt Player of the Year this year. Um, so they've got six seniors with all these guys put together. Um, I want to say the stat that stuck out to me the most was that this is like the second straight year that they could have five players average double-digit scoring, which is phenomenal. Uh, looking through the rest of the league, I don't really see any teams that I think are going to have enough talent or depth to really compete with them. Um, I know some people are looking at George Southern, but I think if you look at it all together, South Alabama should uh, emerge as the champion of this league. You're not buying year two of Chris Ogden at UTA? <laughs> no, I didn't even, Up and coming I didn't even coach buy Chris year one of Chris Ogden at UTA. Well, they were supposed to be like catastrophically bad, but they ended up being 500. They got a lot better I at the end of the, the year. the most interesting thing is going to be when like Troy and UTA play each other this year because I want to see some I want to see some Scott Cross revenge. <laughs> Scott Cross revenge game. <laughs> Although Troy is going to be terrible. Troy's gonna be so bad, but Give it I that. just wanna I mm. wanna see some revenge. 
Listen, they could be terrible, but all they need is just one dominating win over UTA to make uh, make us feel better about Scott Cross. Dude, being if, if wrong. UTA loses that game, uses a game to Troy this year, I'm going to be posting big time from the account. We're going to be doing some <laughs> as you should. Be. I, I think the thing that is kind of interesting about South Alabama is we were so we were like really banging the hype train last year, and that might have been. Um, a little bit premature just because you know they were still waiting on some other guys to get eligible and they had they had a fine season i mean they were 500 on the year just a little bit below 500 in the south belt but yeah i think now that like cam said they've got six seniors you know a bunch of guys that could end up uh averaging double digits i i would agree that i think they would be my pick to win the sun belt right now yeah, they last year seventeen wins, their most wins in like ten years. <laughs> Why is Richie Riley not on the up and coming coach list? He's good. I like that. Like if you're yeah, going seriously. like young guys that are like climbing the ladder, like he's got to be on the radar. He won yeah. twenty one games at Nichols State. How do you do that, Russ? Do you know where Nichols State is? Do you know what state they're in? Uh, Louisiana. Nice. Do you know what city? Anybody know what city? Uh, Thibodeau, because I'm on their uh, Ken Palm page. Damn. Okay. Well, but I knew that I knew they were there. Louisiana before that, though. Okay. I'm just trying to get my Southland disrespect out of the way here on the podcast. Or, oh, by the way, while we're on, since we're doing like little bits that we do, uh, Dartmouth basketball. What's up, Dartmouth? <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. See, Dartmouth. Um, have, we haven't podcasted since the uh, the preseason Ken Palm ratings came out, have we? No. No. All right. Ken Palm projects Dartmouth to go 14 and 15 overall, 6 and 8 in the Ivy League. Sick. Yeah. Um, uh, Where does he have Brown? He the Ivy pretty highly this year. Yeah. He has Brown 14 and 13, 7 and 7. Well, we don't have uh, Cambridge anymore. So, like, what's the the point? Yeah. what's, What's the appeal to Brown? I don't know. I just like him. We got an emeritus writer from Brown. Yeah, that's true. And all it's going to be Penn and Harvard this year, and Harvard, if they're healthy, significantly better, I would think. Yeah, they're ranked seventy fifth in Kempom, so yeah, legitimately good. Should we care more about Penn than we do currently? No, they've had it too good for too long. <laughs> I mean, Broder's back, isn't he? Yeah, and was yeah, that's uh, good. Ryan uh, Betley should be back too, didn't he? He had a was it an ACL injury, maybe something something that kept him out for um, the entire season. But I know he's supposed to be a, a big piece of yeah of what they do. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Penn's going to be good, I guess. Fine. But still, who hired? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, Appalachian State. Okay. What about Appalachian State? They're the one who hired the Kearns guy from Presbyterian. Oh, I I didn't know we were talking about that. I I we weren't. I was just thinking about it in my brain. Thinking about the blue hires. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just had I just had like my my brain at the moment was just a complete image of um, Victory Yosef. And that was 
That was it. That was just all he was bouncing around. <laughs> that's the that's the little Appalachian State logo with the little pipe in his mm-hmm. mouth. Little ah, pipe. Okay. That, that's what his name is. So before we started recording this, we did ask for questions. And most of them suck, but we did get a couple that were decent. So, all y'all think you're funny. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm going to throw one to you because it's kind of in your wheelhouse. Uh, Kevin asks, who is going to win the Mac and why do you not pick Buffalo? I'm going to be mad. The thing about the Mac is there's like seven different teams that I could like make a case for winning it, which I think is fun because a lot of the time with in major conferences it's like one or two teams that are overwhelming favorites um looking at at preseason ken palm rankings uh, they're actually the the fourth highest rated conference out of the ones we cover they're after the wcc a10 and mountain west um I, I could see it being buffalo but i want to wait and see kind of how they look um under Jim White, so they obviously lost their head coach in Nate Oates, who is one of the best coaches we've seen around um, the mid-major landscape the last couple of years. But they do bring back some talent um, and guys like uh, Javon Graves, uh, Devontae Jordan, uh, Jonathan Williams was had, was a really highly touted um, freshman coming in, and he should be able to um, take a little bit of a leap. Um, but I I would also make a case for, you know, Bowling Green. They are in our top 25. They have really good guard play. I personally like um, Ball State. I think they've got a lot of talent on their roster that's um, kind of made up of some former transfers that played at the higher level. Um, but I, I, th- I think that's going to be one of the more interesting conference races to watch just because of the you know, the parody from, from top to bottom in the league. I don't think there's any team that really kind of stands out above, above the rest. Everybody in that, everybody's talking about the Mac right now. Um, I know when we posted our, you know, our power, our other top 25 rankings and the only Mac team we had, of course, was Bowling Green and they came in at 25th. We had a lot of people saying, you know, why didn't we have Toledo um, in there? This has nothing to do with Buffalo, by the way. Um, But I think if we're going to throw in like a third team that's kind of like quote unquote a sleeper, I'm going to put an Akron. You bu- you buying John Gross stock? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stocking in the I'm stocking in the bald man um, for a few reasons. I mean, Lauren Christian Jackson's really good, but I, I love Tyler Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> we love Tyler, Tyler Cheese. I'm, I'm hold on, I got to do this. I forgot to insert uh, places for ad breaks. So um, we'll be right back after this. Pause. <laughs> and now I'm just going to cut that and put it, you know, in an appropriate spot because we've gone to the point now where we're going to need two of them. Uh, we should just do the come town thing where they riff on the ads. <laughs> Except we don't know what the ads are going to be. Hope it's home. <laughs> okay. Support you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing about Blue Chew. Um, spe- <laughs> speaking, <laughs> I always know it's going to go really yeah. well when it starts right there. Speaking of the Presbyterian Blue Hose, Blue Chew <laughs> is. <laughs> Why Blue Chew should hire me? I've never used the product, by the way. I just want to make that known. 
I have no problems. I, I don't need it. Buddy. <laughs> Are we still talking about the Mac? Sure. Uh, hey, I, I kind of dodged that guy's question about who I think. Oh, yeah. So uh, who's your pick? I'll go with Ball State. Chirp, chirp, baby. Okay. Muncie. Yeah. We do, we do have an easier question to field because I think it's the, uh, I think we could all agree on the answer to it. Um, Michael asks who has the best chance to win the West coast conference other than Gonzaga, St. Mary's or BYU. Well, none um, of them. Yeah. None no, of them. The, the right answer is none of them. <laughs> it's, it's going to be Gonzaga. Um, no, I think it's going to be St. Mary's. Well, maybe St. Mary's like knocks them off in the tournament. Fine. But like there's a 0% chance the auto bid doesn't go to one of those three schools. Yeah. And like at BYU, get out of here. I don't even think BYU's in the mix for that. Eh, BYU's fine. But anyway, there is a, um, I think, a clear cut fourth best team. And that's Pepperdine. Am I wrong? Honestly, I kind of think this is the year that Terry Porter and Portland get it done. Portland. Explain. <laughs> Elaborate. He's, that was absolutely sarcasm. I'm, do- I'm doing this thing on the internet called a bit. <laughs> no, we we here at Mid Major Madness take ourselves seriously. Yeah, we don't do we bad. Take, we take our commitment to mid major basketball coverage seriously. Yeah. Let's talk um, about Villanova. Is this the year that Jay Wright finally wins the big one? <laughs> he needs to win the big one. He hasn't done it yet. Is this the year that Syracuse emerges as the best public school Sunny in the Syracuse. Northeast? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's Pepperdine. Uh, they're, Pepperdine's they're good. good. Fun. Yeah. Um, they are. So I'm looking at their preview now in Blue Ribbon because that's our Bible. And, you know, how, how they do it, they write, you know, decent like thousand or so word previews of all 353 teams have uh, some good coach quotes in here. Pepperdine's preview begins with, it's like a quick intro. And then this just doozy of a quote from Lorenzo Romar. Are you ready for this? Oh boy. Quote, Colby Ross is a good player. Is that it? I think That's I, quote. I think I agree. Yeah. Uh, 19.4 points, seven assists, uh, three rebounds and a steal a game last year. Uh, he is back. He is an all-conference first-teamer. I think he is a good player. I don't see the lie. Where's the lie? Where is the lie? No, he's he's amazing. And I know Kyle, who's not on, just absolutely loves him. And for good reason, because he's fantastic. But yeah. And because Kyle... Did Kyle go to Pepperdine? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ugh. You would think I would remember that. Yeah. Embarrassing. More. We have anything more else? Somebody else? asked about VCU's ceiling. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Sweet Final four. Uh, yeah. Second weekend. Yeah. You hit if they hit. The, I mean, I hate saying some of this. I don't know. It all is just on the match. Yeah, I, I hate predictions. Team that can make a Final Four run. Uh, can I wait and see what the bracket looks like first? Yeah. No. Need your answer right now. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Sir, VCU's. Please ceiling from things that like we could predict based on what we actually know is winning the Atlantic 10 again. Yeah. And then we see what matchup they get and who 
you know, what their path would be, and we go from there. Speaking of which, how was A10 Media Day? I don't know. I sent Kyle. Oh, I thought you went together. Okay. Yeah, no, I I didn't want to. Work wasn't thrilled with me uh, being gone two days in a row for media days. So I just, I went to the NEC one, and I sent Kyle to the A10. Gotcha, gotcha. That A10, the A10 poll, they had a... Uh... They had Richmond a little too low for my taste, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into that right now. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna weigh in here. Yeah. Kyle should actually have some good content coming from that, so something to look forward to. Yeah, keep listening, guys. So, also Monday on Monday, if this gets published before Monday, and you're listening, <laughs> big thing happening Monday. Oh yeah, that is that is what's happening Monday. Oh yes, we have a, a big possible, thing on Monday. Uh, thing you occasionally hear on this podcast could be coming to fruition on Monday. Oh, that's right. We're all going to take Blue Chew. And... That's right. That's promo code Mid Madness. Promo code Mid Madness and every time you hear that CBS sports theme you'll know you're ready. <laughs> I've been playing Bryant Gumbel or whatever his name is. Bryant <laughs> Gumbel. Bryant Gumbel is the real news. Yeah, name. whatever. I, I get them mixed up. I'm sorry. I've been... Dude, you're a family guy, man. You should, you should know. Yeah, Gumbel to Gumbel. Yeah. Russ, have you been watching the new season? No, is it good? Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I just know it's on Hulu and I just get caught okay. up. Yeah, I, I need to get caught up. I've been playing NCAA Basketball 10 in the background the whole time we've been recording this. What team are you playing as? I've got a Youngstown State dynasty. Nice. How are you doing with it? Um, not. This is my second year. We're like 17 and 13. I what? Had a, I had one. NCAA 2K8, I'm so good at. I had a Youngstown State one. I won like one national title, went to like three Final Fours. Yeah. I've been there forever. It's great. I love 2K8. It's unplayable. If but if you're not bringing a SWAC team to the final four every year in those video games, then what the hell are you even doing? I think my best, like all time, there was one I had for PlayStation two that I used to play. It was like college basketball, NCAA Oh nine, maybe for PS two. And I had a St. Joseph's one that I used to play and I won like 600 games in a row. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. So what I would do, I was, incredibly stupid and i had no free i had tons of free time as like a middle schooler which is why i was just fat as shit and um and so i would sit at home and i would call my friend ethan and we would sit on the phone and just like play ncla basketball and like talk to each other um for hours and uh we would play these dynasties and i after every single game i would save and then if we ever lost i would reboot it so those guys Oh, I was. Wow. I mean, not anymore. I grew out of it. I was like, I was in like seventh grade. Whatever. I'm the guy that plays video games on like the highest difficulty because I want like the authentic experience. Oh no way! Oh yeah. no, fuck no, that's I'm just kidding. as bad. Uh, yeah, okay. I played. I played Wolfenstein on baby. Like playing 2K is like uh, I've taken shots like last nine times down. I got to get. Gotta get my teammates involved. Like, no, screw that. I'm shooting every single time. No, come on. <laughs> you gotta make it realistic. 
All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Mid-Major Madness podcast. Just a reminder to subscribe to us wherever it is that you find your podcast. We are probably on there. Leave us a nice review if you so please. Make sure you rate us, all of that stuff. For Cam Newton and Chris Judy, I'm Ross Steinberg. We will talk to you again soon.